Beloved, as we continue worshiping this morning, we invite you to turn in your Bible or Bible apps to the Gospel according to Mark, the seventh chapter, beginning in the first verse. Let us receive the Word of God. Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders, and they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then, he called the crowd again and said to them, listen to me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Loving God, pour out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. Pour out your spirit, renew your church again. Pour out your spirit and fall upon me, your servant who seeks only to honor you. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable to you, O God, for you and you alone are my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Is it bad to be really ticked off at people who won't mask or get vaccinated? This is a text that I received some weeks ago from a member of the Foundry family. And since then, I've actually received the same question again and again in various forms. 
Right now, of course, headlines proliferate about the appalling behavior of citizens in school board and city council meetings and of clashes between parents, teachers, governors about the use of masks. And of course, there are countless personal stories of church and family strife caused by the divides around vaccination, masking, and other public health protocols related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Frankly, the accounts that I'm reading and receiving about what some folks are saying and doing really make it seem like we are experiencing a kind of collective mental break. Because either I'm losing my faculties of reason and proportion, or a whole bunch of my siblings are. Other, maybe this is just me. Other common headlines these days highlight the stories of outspoken anti-vax, anti-mask advocates who are suffering and dying from the virus. And data points like the fact that about 99% of deaths today are people who did not get vaccinated. Patients are dying in hospitals and telling loved ones that they regret not getting the vaccine. But of course, any of those last points and many others can and have been brushed off as inaccurate or hyperbole. One article I read chronicled the author's effort to understand the reasoning of a brother whom she loves who refuses to get the vaccine. What she receives and chronicles seems reflective of much of what I have heard elsewhere as I have sought to truly listen. At the heart of it all is, it seems to me, a deep lack of trust. People don't trust the actual vaccine. There are concerns about side effects and the concerns about breakthrough cases. People don't trust the messengers because, of course, anything related to government is suspect. Anything related to anyone who's not on your team is suspect. People don't trust the data, like real data. There are people who don't trust that children can catch the virus or that they can get really sick. They don't trust that there can be continued mutations of the virus. That would be more difficult to contain. After all, just think of all the ways the CDC has gotten it wrong. The lack of trust is frankly understandable since blatant misinformation has been allowed to spread unchecked all over social media from the start, there have been mistakes made at high levels of leadership. At the very beginning of the pandemic, the former president downplayed the severity of the virus, 
decided to make masks a symbol of liberal, which by the way is a dirty word for many, liberal oppression, instead of a time-tested deterrent against dangerous infectious disease, and treated public health scientists who have decades of faithful service under their belt as if they are the enemy. The reaction, and likely overreaction from the other side of the aisle, to shut and keep most everything shut down, whether it was well-intentioned or not, did its own damage to lives and livelihoods. A headline from the Brookings Institution last September summed it up, saying, quote, politics is wrecking America's pandemic response. Alongside these concerns is the reality that, as one scholar puts it, if you aren't white, you know a history that may make you leery about what the medical sector may be telling you to do. For those who may not know that history, the medical establishment in America has a long history of mistreating black Americans, from gruesome experiments on enslaved people to the forced sterilizations of black women and the infamous Tuskegee syphilis study that withheld treatment from hundreds of black men for decades to let doctors track the course of the disease. More recent studies have found black Americans are consistently undertreated for pain relative to white patients. One revealed half of medical students and residents held one or more false beliefs about supposed biological differences between black and white patients. Vaccine hesitancy among people of color is understandable due to these factors, though both Dr. Anthony Fauci and the Reverend Jesse Jackson have used their platforms to make sure, if anyone was listening, that a leading researcher and developer for the vaccine that is saving thousands upon thousands of lives, one of the leading researchers at the National Institutes of Health who worked on the vaccine is immunologist and professor Dr. Kismikia Corbett, an African-American woman. My intention today is not necessarily to name all the dynamics of the debacle that is the American public's response to COVID as if that would be possible. But I do think it is important to at least acknowledge some of the issues in the mix. And as is often the case, there's much more than one narrative at play. What does our narrative from the gospel according to Mark have to add to all this. Well, these days, whenever there's an encounter between Jesus and a Pharisee in our text, I often turn to my rabbi, a good friend and colleague, Steve Weissman of Temple Solel in Bowie, Maryland, to receive insight. And what he confirmed for me this week is that much of the purity ritual referred to in the Torah has to do with the order of things in creation and with boundaries that allow for clarity of identity and relationship. 
Rabbi Steve says that the purity stuff in the Bible is about, quote, teaching the ability to self-limit so as not to risk getting out of our lane in our relationship with God and respecting the sanctity of creation and creator. He goes on to say, your offerings had to be pure. You yourself had to be ritually pure to bring them in caring for the rest of the creation. If you killed something to eat, you had the responsibility not to waste any of it. Hearing Rabbi Steve say these things to me was a good reminder. The original idea for washing things was to acknowledge our need to present our best to God. It was to acknowledge and honor and care for one another and for all creation. Embedded in the law was a call for self-discipline, self-limiting, and reverence. You might even say that purification rituals began as a way to practice loving God and loving neighbor as ourselves. In our story today, Jesus is asked by some Pharisees and scribes why some of his disciples were eating without observing the religious tradition of washing their hands. And Jesus takes the opportunity, as he often does, to teach. And he draws on a common prophetic refrain, and this time specifically quotes Isaiah 29, 13. This people honors me with their lips. You're talking the talk. But their hearts are far from me. You're not walking the walk. The NRSV translation of the passage in Isaiah continues and their worship of me is a human commandment learned by rote. The issue seems to be that a spiritual practice of washing was not a bad thing in itself. A practice that was meant to draw people closer to God can easily become a repetitive going through the motions that does not touch the heart. Jesus highlights the way that you can be clean on the outside, going through all the right motions, and yet have things in your heart that are defiling. And check this out. The word for defiling, because you know I was going to look that one up, right? The word for defiling in the Greek is koinoo, which literally means to make common. Or with a little more nuance, it means to treat what is sacred as common or ordinary. So you see that whole stock list, which by the way it is, it's sort of a stock list that shows up all over the place of defiling things in verses 21 and 22, those are simply things that don't honor the sacred worth, the sacredness of God and the sacred worth of self and others and the creation. So what defiles is that which does harm. 
So what does any of this have to say to our current moment? Well, our text speaks to how a good thing can get twisted and used in a harmful way. Just as a spiritual discipline meant to inspire reverence and care can become a tool of judgment and exclusion, so can a cherished civic value like liberty become used as cover for the worst kind of exclusion and dishonoring the sacred worth of others. Liberty or freedom is a beautiful God-given gift. It's also a God-given responsibility. We have choices about how we use our freedom. Scripture says in Galatians 5.1, for freedom Christ has set us free. But you see, Christ doesn't set us free to do anything we want. You're not set free so that you can be a jerk. And that goes for whoever you are, whatever your politics, whatever your position on anything. You are not set free by Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. You are not set free for the purpose of being a jerk. Of course, right now, people are using their freedom to be jerks in all kinds of ways. Jerkiness is equal opportunity and nonpartisan. And there are those who claim their freedom is being assaulted by things like mask mandates for their children or vaccine requirements at their workplace or physical distancing in public spaces. And I suppose that technically, these folks' freedom to do whatever they want, including putting others in harm's way, is challenged by such mandates and requirements. If you think about freedom in a certain kind of way. These same, dare I say, mostly white people's freedom, actually ends up curtailing the freedom of others. So what does that tell us about their intentions? What is the freedom we are given in Jesus Christ? Freedom from sin, from that which defiles from that which does harm to others and to creation. It's not that we aren't ever gonna do those things, but we are set free by God's grace and love to live fully in God's grace and to participate in God's way of love and justice. God helps us if we turn to God. Notice in verse eight of our text today, it's easy to miss. But notice in verse eight of our text today, Jesus says, quote, you abandon the commandment of God. What is the commandment of God? We know it, right? What is the great commandment? You should love, you shall love the Lord your God with all your strength, your heart, your soul, your mind, and 
Love your neighbor as yourself. The freedom we receive in Jesus Christ does not mean that anything goes. There are concrete practices that help form us in the ways of self-discipline and reverence of God. There are boundaries that help us stay in our lane of right relationship with God and with others. These are called Christian ethics. The way that love gets worked out in community, Christian ethics. Love in community looks like justice. It looks like solidarity. It looks like communal support. It looks like sacrifice for the common good, like compromise and collaboration and compassion and humility and mutuality and care and personal and communal responsibility. The late pastor and prophet William Sloan Coffin said this, let others say anything goes. The Christian asks, what does love require? He goes on, in short, we have come up with love as an answer to legalism on the one hand and lawlessness on the other. Love hallows individuality, consecrates and never desecrates personality, demands that all our actions reflect a movement toward and not away from nor against another. And love insists that all people assume their responsibility for all their relations. I say, if any would claim to be followers of Jesus, then do what love requires. Right now, there are people dying of treatable ailments because they couldn't get admitted to the hospitals overrun with mostly unvaccinated COVID patients. I'm not making this up. Our own Pastor Will's vaccinated 84-year-old confirmation mentor died recently in Arkansas in just such a scenario. He was told the closest available hospital bed was in Plano, Texas. There are pastors across the country being treated like public enemy number one and literally being run out of their churches because they've been consistent and insistent about safety protocols. I'm not making this up. I speak to them, they reach out to me. I pray with them and seek to encourage them. There are increasing numbers of children who are in fact contracting the virus. There are expired vaccines being thrown out because not enough people are receiving them. There is a threat of continued transmission or mutations of the virus that become increasingly contagious and difficult to treat. 
and consistently public health experts affirm that vaccination, masking, distancing, and getting tested at the first sign of any symptoms are the best way to contain the virus and get the pandemic under control. These practices allow us to be out and about and doing all the things that we love to do without doing harm. Now, I know I am probably mostly preaching to the choir, but y'all have heard me say it before. Occasionally, people overhear our conversation. From the beginning, we at Foundry have said we will prioritize health and safety, that we will honor the science and be guided by public health experts. We've also consistently stated that wearing masks, distancing, quarantining, and getting vaccinated are all concrete ways that we love our neighbor as ourselves. I understand that there are some for whom family dynamics or deep fear continue to present obstacles. Please know that your pastors are here to listen and to think things through with you and to pray with you. I'm also aware that there are those whose reactions to our stance will be dismissive at best and violently angry at worst. Which brings me to a punchline of a favorite story I was told many years ago. When a grandmotherly type pastor was serving a small congregation and a gay couple wanted to join, some longtime members crashed the next church council meeting to protest. Just what you look forward to, right, Todd? Yes. Todd's always excited when people crash a council meeting. Just kidding. Never happens here. After the spokesperson had come to the council meeting, and said his piece about blocking the couple from participation, the pastor, who looked and acted like she could be everyone's smart, sassy, not having any of your foolishness grandmother, simply responded to him, oh, Roger, that's not nice. Sit down and act like a Christian. It's not a line that I ever generally imagine I'll get away with but it does occur to me from time to time, and it occurs to me a lot these days. And today, I'm just gonna go for it and say it out loud. For whomever may need to hear it, for the love of God and neighbor and self and all that is holy, wash your hands, get the vaccine if and when you can, mask up, and no matter where you find yourself in the mix, Please, for Jesus' sake, act like a Christian. Amen. <laughs>